Bringing it around the NFL. Two weeks from today will be training camp week. The veterans report on Tuesday, the 26th, two weeks from tomorrow, and then we are off and running. In the meantime, you know what season it is, list season, and yes, that means people get upset based on a list that a reporter or analyst puts together, and we lose our minds to pass the day as we get closer to real football. There's real basketball that goes on tonight or this evening in summer league action, your Pelicans are in action at 5 p.m. today. We will take on the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk about the Pelicans' summer league game number one that took place back over the weekend, an 85-68 loss to the Blazers, and we'll touch on that, including how the team's top draft pick, the eighth overall pick, Dyson Daniels, went down with an injury. We'll hear from Coach Collins who's the coach of the Summer League, and then also, of course, we'll hear from Trey Murphy, who led the team in scoring. And I want to hear your opinions as well, Pels fans, from that. Uh, anything you saw or, or not that, that stood out to you. And we'll speak with Aaron Summers, who's in Vegas, covering the team along with Jim Eichenhofer. You can see their videos and stuff posted on the team's website, Twitter page, etc. She's going to join us 10.30 her time to um, kind of go over what she thought in, in game one and what to expect and look at in game number two today. So we'll touch on that here as well. The Open Championship, golf's final major of the season. It's going to get underway later this week. Again, the storyline as we get closer to Thursday's round one is Tiger Woods. He's been over there, went through a practice round yesterday. I saw a report, though, today that there's some belief that this could be it or that it could be calling it a career, retiring perhaps after this or not. Uh, look, I, I'd like to just see him keep playing majors like this uh, and things of that nature. So we'll get into all of that and more. Guys, we said Aaron Summers is going to join us at the bottom of the hour at 115. Rafael Esparza, 215. Marlon Favorite, again, who's just been purport, performing left and right all over the place. Uh, hello, somebody. So we'll touch on that as well. Get his opinion on, of course, the lists that keep going out there. And it is interesting when you look at what position group, I guess, or what position tends to get uh, the most response or I guess the fact that people get a little bent out of shape more than anything else uh, when it comes to that. So we'll get into all of that and more. Plus, I, I, know I, I don't want to say it was taken out of context, but I think in 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 a certain aspect, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it is taken out of context from this aspect. And I'm going to lead off with this here a little bit. It's not our lead lead, but kind of um, want to get into it because I, I saw on Twitter, and sometimes headlines, I'm not going to say are misleading or deceiving, but sometimes headlines don't capture the the whole story, the whole point, the context of a soundbite perhaps or something. So I'm sure you saw it yesterday, Jean Morant saying that he would have cooked Michael Jordan in his prime. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, seriously? You're going to cook Michael Jordan in his prime? And look, it's been something that a lot of people have talked about. Whether it's, you know, this topic or other topics. A lot of times it comes along with LeBron, today's athletes, compared to the athletes that Jordan faced. And that's kind of really what a lot of the people in the comments have gone in. I mean, it, it's taken off. It, it John, Michael are trending, right, over the weekend because of this. And what Jean Morant told Taylor Rooks in a interview, and 
I'm going to play it so you hear it. It's a minute 39. But again, all you saw over the weekend, and, and me too, I was, I was a part of this, right? I saw, I would have cooked him too. I'm like, man, let, let's, let's settle down here. You know, you got to win some playoff series. Um, a championship, but like, I, I hear you. And, you know, I got to thinking, because I knew what this argument was going to bring in that people would say, well, today's athletes compared to yesterday's athletes. Is I, look, I am not going to disagree with you that today's athletes are bigger, stronger, faster. I get all of that. But you, you can't pick and choose evolution, right? If you're going to give me, well, today's athletes have evolved. So the game has changed and evolved to a three-point shoot. I, I understand that. But at the same time, would they not have evolved as well? Like, if Jordan and Olajuwon and Shaq and even Kobe when he started, if they all had the same things that today's athletes have, whether it's training, fitness, personal chefs, knowledge of how to go about your body, knowledge on, on how you should eat and do all those different things in recovery. The fact that today's athletes, for the most part, do get games off and think how to stay fresher for the playoffs in the season, all of that. Because you did see Jordan before your eyes evolve. And I've said this before, and that's why I, I wanted to, I wanted to hear it for starters. Because if you remember last year, there was a game in which Jean Morant from Memphis got thrown a half court pass. He caught it. Basically, by the paint on the baseline, left block, catches it, does a fall away three um, at the buzzer. And then in that same game, had a ridiculous dunk that I said the next day, that is that reminds me of what it was like when I grew up watching Jordan. That I've had this conversation with Jordan, the graduate, uh, about this because it, it's remarkable because I, I will talk about it. And he's like, dude, I wasn't alive when he played. I was born the year that, you know, he won the final championship of his six rings, which is remarkable. So I got to see that, which I was so excited for him to sort of see, you know, the the documentary about it. So you can kind of get an idea of how that guy played. It wasn't just his physical ability, but it was something that I see in a lot of commentary on this topic. It's about his tenacity and his heart and what he wanted to do. And that's why at first I was like, yeah, really? And then I listened to the bite. I'll play it for you. And now I'm like, okay, I get it. Because I thought when I watched those two plays this past season for Morant, and I've said this before, he's as close to must watch like I felt when I had Jordan. Like it's a Tuesday in November. A Thursday in December, you you had to turn on WGN because Michael Jordan was likely going to do something that you were going to talk about. I feel that way with Ja. I really honestly do. He's that spectacular of an athlete, and you see that. One of the other things that Jordan had, and as you saw reaffirmed in that documentary, is confidence. Right? I mean, what what was the what was the famous? You know, gif now or phrase that you see. And I took it personally. Like, that was him. And that's why I said when we were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago about 
who I would like to to play one on one with and things that age, you know, like with Zion. Remember when Zion showed up with the kids and we talked about, hey, who would it be like? And I said the first name that popped in my head was Kobe because Kobe would be like talking to me in different languages and would kind of enjoy it and would understand it. Whereas with Jordan, he wants your soul, he wants my son's soul, he wants my dog's soul. Like he would be, he would be a happy game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just that's what it was. But that's him. So I want to ask your opinion on this on here because I. You, you have a lot of people in the comments saying today's athlete versus that athlete. And we can get into that if you'd like. Because, again, you can't pick and choose what you're evolving. Because I do think in Jordan's era, while not many of those players have the athleticism that you see in today's athletes and abilities, I can make the case and argument that you probably had better defenders or better team play, better jump shot shooters and stuff. So... Ja might have cooked Jordan on a play like Starks did, but is this team going to win the game? That's the thing. And I think, even though I know the young generation today likes to call them plumbers and engineers or, you know, concession stand workers of those NBA players back in the day because they're not, quote-unquote, in their eyes, that athletic, um, you also have to remember that if we're going to compare, if they use the rules back then or today, it's going to change your mind. For those that go with today's gen, are they using yesteryear's rules? Ja got knocked out of a playoff game because Jordan Poole used a little force on the leg. The reason Jordan evolved, and again, we saw it before our eyes, he said it in the documentary, right? He had to get stronger and bigger to get past the Pistons. That's when he started weightlifting. Could Ja and today's athlete go against a more physical NBA over the length of a season and then into the postseason? Not saying it can't, but it's something they would have to consider and do. And if you're going to go with, we're going to use today's rules, Jordan's cooking people for 50 a game. I mean, I get it's been a bit, and maybe y'all forgot. But ain't nobody in this league, when you can't play defense, when no one wants to play defense, and the rules are completely on the offensive side, you think Jordan? I'm, I'm, come on. I mean, it's not. When they took away this past season some of the Little cheat code things that Harden, Trey Young like to do. Throwing your leg out to get a foul and all that stuff. I'm just saying, um, it, we, you can't pick and choose. That's fine. We can go back and forth it or not. But when we come back, I'm going to play what Josh said. It's a minute 39. Again, if you just see the, the headline on all the, you know, the, the websites and everything is Jean Morant says he'd cook Jordan. I, I'm going to play it and you can hear it's a little bit, there's context to it. But we can have that discussion there as well. And then we'll talk Pelicans Summer League game number two today at 5 o'clock. Pels fans, did you watch game one? What do you want to see in game two? Is there anybody in particular? And um, should Trey Murphy even play anymore? We'll get into all of that when we come back. It's the sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. 
Plus, we're ready to deal on every vehicle in stock or online too at GregLeBallToyota.com. Remember, we have the all-new Toyota Tundra. Totally redesigned and ready for your summer plans. The kids are out of school and you've got vacation plans. It's the perfect time for something new. And we want your trade. And we're paying top dollar. Greg's got the deal. South Hollywood Road in Homa. Greg, 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 Greg Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. What are we going to do about these fruit flies? Oh, dude, they are driving people nuts. My God, man. Yeah. What's going on? Well, they're either drain flies or fruit flies. Okay. And with you kind of need a magnifying glass to analyze the wing pattern to know the difference. It doesn't really matter. They're horrible. No. And you just can't go after the adults mm-hmm. because they're breeding in your drains. Mm. And if, and I'm not talking about throwing Clorox down your drain because right. that won't do anything. Right. You need to come see us. We'll put a foam that would foam the drains every night for five nights and that's how you get rid of them. So I know it to be true. I've bought it. I'm going to get some more. But if you're in the New Orleans area, how can you get some? Well, in Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190 in the same shopping center as Villarie's Florist. And on the West Bank, we're located at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hey, so Josh says he would have cooked Michael Jordan back in the day. Here's a little context. Again, it's a minute 39, and this is when he said what he said. A moment. What would you have said? Thank you. I feel like this. I feel like he, you know... The reason a lot of people, you know, want to play the game of basketball, um, to even, you know, be there with them is, you know, something I didn't see myself doing, you know, as a kid, but having that opportunity, uh, to be there and, you know, talk to them, introduce myself and, you know, just have that conversation with them. Um, I don't know what I would have said, but yeah, yeah, I wish I played in his generation though. Yeah. You wish you would have played in his generation. Yeah. Why? I heard he was like, like just how he, you know, go about the game, you know, just that mindset he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to, you know, play against him. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. This time you're not saying I would have cooked him. A- I would have cooked him too. <laughs> you would have cooked Michael Jordan. Man, I, nobody got more confidence than twelve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you're supposed to say. I get it. As you should. I'm, yeah. I'm never. Gonna go and say nobody gonna beat me in one on one or anything. Yeah, I don't care what it is, what sport it is, soccer. Who the best player in soccer? Come on, we can play. <laughs> <laughs> Who would y'all say the best player? What Ronaldo? Neymar? Messi? 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 Yeah. Messi, you coming for Messi? Cold. <laughs> I want to be the goalie. I want to be the goalie and have. Matter of fact, somebody set it up. Man. Set up you and Messi. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know how hard that is, though, right? Yeah. For sure. Okay, but you still want to try. I'm confident. So, so, again, 
I think that's why you need to hear things like that and you hear the context. I don't think it was probably as disrespectful. And again, not that it matters, right? But I mean, um, then when you see in the headline, right? And you see that John's just talking about that. That's the type of player and individual that he is, that he's confident, that he goes into battle. He goes into a match. He goes into something believing that he is as good or better than the person that you're playing. That's no different than why Drew Brees, I think, runs to the water huddle and tries to, you know, make sure that he wins all the quarterback competitions and things of that nature. In his mind, he probably would say that he's better than Brady, better than Rodgers, and better than any other quarterback that's ever existed and lived. And I think that's what drives athletes like that, and they're special. So that's why I wanted to play it and hear it, because I think when you do, you actually do hear that, I mean, it's it's respectful. It's not disrespectful, right? Because that's Michael. If anything, Michael spoke disrespectful of other players in that he would own them and cook them and still beat them. He still thinks that he can go and take players on and things of that nature. So... I actually think, again, listening to it, as opposed to just seeing the headline, I think he's even closer than I thought um, because you have to have that mentality. And that's what separated, to me, Michael, apart from so many other players. You know, when you look at it from that era to this era, and again, I know the games are different, the athletes are different, but, you know, I, I do think... And again, maybe it's just because that's what I grew up watching and, and, and seeing it. And, and that's why I'm interested. I'm going to try to get like Antonio Daniels and other guys that played back then in that era and cover the league and play now because Scottie Pippen was on the ESPN broadcast this weekend. And he says that today's athlete and game, they would have had a more difficult time defending and matching up against today's player. And I hear what he's saying and I get it at the same time. I think vice versa. I think vice versa. I think there were, there were, there were better scores. And when I say better scores, I'm not talking about 30, 40 point scores in games. It's very easy, I think, to look at superstars. It's very easy to look at Curry and Poole shooting threes and all that. But what I'm saying is like, let's take Jordan's Bulls teams. Yeah, whether it's the Armstrong when he was back there, Kerr, Paxton, whatever. I think you had more guys that were capable of making a jump shot. More guys that were able to, you know, have defensive rotations and understand the game better or, or just play more as a team. Or, you know, and again, maybe a lot of it is because, yes, the paychecks are completely different, right? I mean, every NBA free agency now, you're seeing just incredible paydays and everybody believes they're max players and stuff. Not everybody in the, in the league back in the Jordan era and stuff. Uh, we're making the contracts that Dame Lillard just signed an extension to, right? 122 for two years. A guy's going to make 61 million over the next two years. I mean, no, th- those were the, I-, I guess, like the totality in salary uh, for teams back in the Jordan era. So maybe those guys did work harder, didn't, you know, try to buck the system or things of that nature because they needed their paychecks uh, for sure compared to, where they are now, but I, I just I just look at like again like Longley and all these other guys, um, they would rebound, they they would play defense, they would be able to knock down baseline jumpers or shoot free throws and things of that nature. Where I do think you can make a case and argument where today, yes, you have your stars and your superstars that can do it, but I'm talking about out of a roster of 15, how many of those guys can maybe do that or not? I don't know, but again, if you listened or if you saw. That headline over the weekend, 
I wanted to play that in case you, you just saw the headline like, Jean Morant's talking about cooking Michael Jordan. What are you talking about? And look, there's some people, judging by the comments, that absolutely still think that Jean Morant can cook Jordan. I, I was thinking of all the times that you did see him get cooked, and you may have cooked him once, but I don't know if you're going to cook him over a game. That's the thing. I, I don't know if you're going to cook him over a game. It'd be fun, though, but I do love his mentality. I do love his style. I do love his game. And... um I, I, again, to me, he's one of the absolute top five must-watch. I don't care if it's against the Pels or not. He's playing. I want to. I want to watch him play. That's me, uh, for sure. So let's get into. Of course, the Pels play today at five, and eighty-five, sixty-eight's your final. But again, the headline in the story is. At Dyson Daniels, in the game early, goes down with a right foot sprain. If you watch the play, he's driving the lane, his right foot steps on the defender's right foot, it rolls, doesn't look pretty. I can't believe that doesn't happen as much as it, or, or more than, than it does, to be honest with you, when you're stepping on somebody. Incidental, not on purpose by a defender, he's just, you know, Dyson Plants happens to be on his right foot, and it rolls. So Dyson Daniels goes out, eight minutes of action, one point, two assists to rebound. He was one for two from the free throw line, 0 for two from three. So that was the first-round pick's debut. Now, Jaron Collins is the head coach of the Pelicans in Summer League, and he had this to say about Dyson. It's too early to, to tell. Um, obviously, he, he rolled his ankle. I know that he is um, able to put weight on it. Um, having said that, as far as his availability going forward, um, you guys have been around summer league long enough, <laughs> so, we'll, so, so, so we'll see. We'll see. How tough was it to see him go down? You know, knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, um, it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for 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 us as a team organization. Um, that being said. Um, you know, injuries are part of the game. Um, I don't think it's anything more than a sprained ankle. And um, he'll re- rehab it and be diligent with his rehab and get back out there when he gets back out there. So kind of just is what it is. And next man up mentality. Yep, no doubt. And look, obviously when you have something of that nature, I, I would be shocked and surprised if you do see him the rest of summer league play. It does think you would have liked to have seen him go out there and, and get some work in. But now you're having a game every other day, right? So you have a game today, a game Wednesday, a game Friday. That's all that's promised, and then you have like their playoff version and everything. I look, I let's be. There's no reason to play, right? There's no reason to to try to get him onto the court today or Wednesday unless literally it was no big deal and it's healing so much so that he can run and all that. But even still, I think you may likely. Just be cautious, and uh, we'll see him at Pelicans training camp. I mean, I guess that that's how I would look at it. E.J. Liddell, he's the second-round pick. That that was the player that I was interested to kind of see and look at. He had two points, four rebounds, a block. He was one for six from the field. The Pelicans, in general, did not shoot very well and uh, in that game. So... When you look at it from that perspective, you're going to see some of the numbers like that. They struggled offensively. Uh, Jared Harper was a, a, a bright spot 
for sure when you look at it. 29 minutes for the Auburn product, 18 points, 5 rebounds for him. The star was Trey Murphy, 23 points. He was only, though, 1 for 9 from 3-point land. 7 of 16 from the floor. He had 8 rebounds, 4 steals. But as you listen to Coach Collins here, um, he wasn't happy about one particular stat that Trey Murphy had. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job of being aggressive. Um, then there were some other times where trying to do a little too much in terms of getting into the with the turnovers. He had four turnovers in the first half. Um, all of our guys just just continue to move the basketball. Um, Trey be- played better as the game went on. Um, he hasn't played obviously in, in a little bit. Um, having said that. I know that he's gonna. He'll, he'll, his performance. He'll, I'm expecting a big bounce back from him. Right. Um, it's interesting how, how the, the tone of that was. Right. A little more expectations. Uh, full season of the league. Kind of want to see him maybe take on over and, and do that. Look, if you watch the game and you follow it, obviously on social media, he was an absolute bright spot for sure. And being able to see that. Now, again. When you look at the team overall, it was him and Harper that stood out because, again, offensively, they led the team in scoring. One had 23 points, the other 18. Coach Collins on Harper's play. I thought Harper did a really good job bringing some juice. Um, obviously, he's one true point guard, um, scoring point guard, but really good job getting downhill, um, putting guys in spots. And uh, obviously, with Dyson going down, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for him. And again, that's maybe a player that Aaron Summers and I will be talking about here coming up next segment to kind of keep an eye on here today. I, I'm me for what I want to see today. I, I like to see EJ Liddell scoreboard at two points and just kind of, um, kind of see some of the things that, you know, you kind of want to see maybe translate once the regular season gets here. I know, look, I know it's hard. I just remember last year you had to calm me down after watching summer league play but also Willie Green was the head coach and also a lot of the players that you saw playing in summer league wound up being on the roster and not playing um key roles like Herb Jones and such so yeah those are some of the things that kind of stood out overall coach Collins says you can tell at least from his eyes that a lot of the guys on the team hadn't played in a little bit. The game yeah, I think he, he got better as the game went on. Obviously, the, the four turnovers by him and Najee uh, a piece in the first um, first half, doing a pretty good job of getting to the paint. And like I said, just an overarching theme of getting to the paint and then either finishing and or creating the next best play um, for your teammates and those opportunities. Quick break. We come back. We'll go to Las Vegas, and Aaron Summers of the Pelicans will – Give us some buzz, and we'll talk to her about what she thought on there and how much of it, too, can affect your team when you see Dyson go down and go out of the game early on like that. Is that maybe one of the reasons Pell struggled in that game for shooting? We'll get that next. We come back on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. 
Okay, three dozen by tomorrow morning. Yeah, the roses and Faraz's the trees. flower shop is blooming. To keep up with high demand, he must strengthen his business's roots. Uh, just, just one second. Faraz's flowers. Uh, hold, please. Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to Faraz's. Indeed can help him hire the people he needs. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. When you sponsor a job, you immediately get your short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. If this were a Reese's TV ad, you'd be staring at a Reese's peanut butter cup. And sure, my voice is peanut buttery smooth, but still, you need to see the peanut butter cups, right? No? I can really just say Reese's and you'll go get some? <laughs> okay. Reese's. 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 Really working, actually. Reese's. Reese's. This, I'm on to something. Reese's. 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 Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. So when you give us the buzz, we'll have an open phone line segment. If you like next, we'll check in with Jordan, a graduate here as well. Go over a couple of questions of the day. But want to get you ready for Pelicans Summer League game number two. It's early here in New Orleans, 5 o'clock p.m. is the tip time. At Aaron's E. Summers is the way to follow Aaron over on Twitter. She's there with Jim and the rest of the team. Aaron, good afternoon. Uh, I guess good morning to you. How are you? I am doing great. Yes, it is still morning, just 1030 <laughs> over here. It's been weird trying to keep everything straight, but... We're doing okay so far. I hear you. Look, uh, I want to say, obviously, so much excitement and momentum since the season ended, and then you kind of parlayed that, obviously, with Zion's press conference from a week ago mm-hmm. uh, and all that. And then, you know, here we go. Here's a game, and eight minutes in, Dyson goes down, stepping on someone's foot as he drives the lane. Uh, that stinks, huh? Yeah, that was really unfortunate. You know, he had just signed his contract with the Pelicans. I think people were really excited about seeing the number eight overall pick in the NBA draft, take the court and see what they, he can actually do out here. And then getting that injury, rolling his right ankle. So he didn't return for the game. Um, we're going to get a medical update on him a little bit before game time, but I doubt that he will play today. Obviously it's summer league. Everybody is being cautious about, any types of injuries right. we've seen it for other teams as well already out here but yeah i mean we definitely wanted to be able to see him play unfortunately we're not able to get a full glimpse of him in that game one i think one of the things as well aaron is when you look at it um from that perspective to be cautious and just be smart about it look the it's it's four games in a compressed amount of time, especially now from here on out. It's a game today, it's a game Wednesday, a game Friday, so you're playing every other day. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on team, let's be cautious with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that we're seeing that too with the fact that, you know, Jose Alvarado, while he got a bunch of run in Puerto Rico playing with the national team, we haven't seen him take the court here. Doubt he will while we're here in Vegas for that reason. You know, you don't want to overwork anybody you want to give them the rest that's what the offseason is for right. and this time for the rookies really is just to kind of get up to speed on the game 
and the Pelicans schemes, what they want to do defensively, offensively, their principles. So even being here, you know, Kyra Lewis is here, obviously unable right. to play, but being able to be here and see it and watch it and hear it, you know, they are watching film, which is kind of rare here. You know, one of the Trailblazers players <laughs> saw us rolling in the film the other day. Right. And he was like, wait a second, y'all watching film out here? What are you guys doing? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, everything you can do to try to get these guys up yeah. to speed before we hit camp in the fall. Well, we saw C.J. McCollum uh, on the broadcast as well, and I know he hinted that he was going to be there. And last year, Aaron, at this time, the team had workouts or got together and played and stuff. And I guess that's one of those things that it looks like is happening again, and that's where you know I, I would rather have Alvarado kind of work and play some pickup and do whatever with the guys um, like C.J. and such and, and play mm-hmm. one of those games. What do you know about the, the rest of the team that's there? Because you, you were posting photos – Pretty much, if you're a Pelican, other than Zion being in, in Paris right now with Luka Doncic, but pretty much every other Pelican's there. Yeah, so definitely have seen a lot of them. You know, Herb Jones has been here the whole time, but he is one of those players that's also working out with the older guys. So Jose is working out with some of the older guys here. Uh, CJ McCollum, Garrett Temple, they are actually hitting the gym every morning at 630. Mm. They're on a court working out, and then they'll go in the lift. They also are here for their Players Association responsibilities, so they have more meetings throughout the rest of the day. So that's the only time they can knock it out. And, I mean, you got to hand it to them to be able to get up at 6.30 in the morning in Vegas every morning and, <laughs> and get after it like that. That's some dedication right there. So the guys are all here getting together. and you know, Larry Nance has been here. Um, you know, they're going to start to leave as the week goes on. Sure. Uh, this first weekend is really the big weekend for everybody to come into town. And, you know, just it's kind of a who's who in the NBA, and it, mm-hmm. it's a moment for them to all kind of get together and spend some time with other players and other teams as well. Um, I had heard that Brandon Ingram got in yesterday, so we should see him at the game today. Nice. And then rumor is that Zion will be here at some point as the week goes on, and CJ will be joining some of the broadcasts um, as the week goes on as well. Speak with Aaron Summers of the New Orleans Pelicans. Also covers your New Orleans Saints. Aaron, hard to believe two weeks from now, uh, it'll be training camp week. So you're going to have to transition here back to football here in a little I bit. Know. But in the meantime, when you have an injury like this or just these opportunities for games, look, the roster is somewhat set already, but it doesn't mean that others can't sort of take advantage of it. And I guess let's start with Jared Harper, right? 29 mm-hmm. minutes for him, 18 points. I know it's something that Coach Collins talked about afterwards. He he was a nice bright spot on Saturday. Definitely, and I think that he wants to make the most of the possible opportunity to start today's game as well. You know, as a point guard, I personally would like to see maybe a little more assist. He didn't have any um, in Saturday's game, but also, we didn't shoot very well. We shot 27.5 from the field, 13% from outside. So it's kind of hard to uh, tally any assists if other people aren't making shots. Mm-hmm. But definitely hoping to see some more production out of him. He's somebody who benefited a lot by being able to be around the Pelicans. He's really familiar with the system. And he said, um, spoke to him yesterday after practice, that he's trying to help some of the younger guys kind of get up to speed as well. And that, that's been a cool element of this you know, Trey Murphy being here, Najee Marshall, and even Jared Harper, knowing the team, being around them, and kind of helping bringing these rookies along. 
Aaron, you mentioned Trey, and it was interesting. You see him put up 23 points. I, I bet you some folks that maybe didn't see the game when I opened up the show and said, hey, he had 23 points, but he was one for nine from three-point land, right? He, he was the team's best three-point shooter uh, towards the end of last season. That's crazy, 23 points not coming from beyond the arc. I guess if he knocks some of those down, <laughs> he really scores. Look, I mean, you want to see that this summer league from him, right, in this Aaron, he looked like the best player on the court. I think that's what people have to realize about Summer League is that it's an opportunity for these players to work on some things as well. And Trey has been working on his ball handling. He's been working on creating his own shots. He got to the rim several times in Saturday's game, but I've also seen him hit a couple really pretty setbacks, which... Mm -hmm. Um, I spoke with Fred Vincent about, and he said, yeah, that's something we've been working on. We want to vary his game up a little bit, make him more of a multi-tool offensive threat. So it's good to see that he it has the ability to score from other places besides from outside. Um, you do want to make sure that he keeps that shot, though, so the inconsistency from beyond the arc is something that I know he's going to try to work on as far as his shot selection in tonight's or this afternoon's game. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think for, for him, you know, he's definitely working on some things, and I think he probably feels some pressure to be the guy. You know, right. same with Najee. Najee didn't have the best game on Saturday um, because they're the older guys now, kind of like the big man on campus. They're trying to assert themselves, maybe forcing things a little bit too much. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, Coach Collins, that the, the tone, right, when he was asked about Trey mm-hmm. Murphy brought up the turnovers. Look, it's, it's a different level of expectation, right, Aaron? Because he's had a full season. And, and to your point, um, these are the things we want you to work on. We want you to be better. And then again, that's somebody that scored 23 points in the game. I like it though. I love, I love where the tone I'm getting from Wednesday's press conference of, Hey, we're going to be an issue for 29 other teams or we're going to be scary to even coach Collins here on Trey Murphy. Hey, we expect this from you now mm-hmm. moving forward. I like that tone being set right now. Oh, I mean, a lot of people think that Summer League is, you know, kind of a joke. You know, you yeah. don't have to take it that serious. Well, that's like I said, that's not how the Pelicans are approaching this. They are out here scouting teams. They're watching film. They're filming their practices. They're breaking down what they're seeing. They are very, I don't know, like very detailed about their approach here because they want to make the most of it because they know What's at stake for this next season for the Pelicans? It could be one of the best seasons we've seen from them probably ever. Mm -hmm. And they want to make sure that everybody is ready to go from the start this season since that wasn't necessarily the case last season. So what are you looking forward to today? I'm looking at EJ Liddell here as well. Like, What should I expect to look at? I I see four rebounds a block, and I was one for six from the floor um, yesterday as well. I I, I think when I – or Saturday, rather. When when I see him, I – I'm kind of wanting to see, because again, I see his size and what possibly could be a steal where he was drafted. I, I, I guess he's the player I'm keeping an eye on over the next couple of games. Who, who are you keeping an eye on tonight? Yeah, I think Liddell is a good one. I think a lot of people are waiting to kind of see him, you know, splash in some sort of mm-hmm. way. Something that, you know, we were really excited about is getting him later in the draft. You know, didn't have him in for a workout, didn't think that was going to be a possibility. So, we kind of want to see what some of that that hype has been around him. I think a lot of this, though, I mean, you see some of these guys are walking around with their eyes super wide. You know, they've never been in an environment like this. They haven't done the travel. They haven't done the practices like this. So it's 
going to, I think for some, it may take them a little bit more time to get comfortable with it. So hopefully we'll, we will see him, you know, settle in here at some point over the next few games. Um, something of note, Carlo Makovic did actually get stitches in Saturday's game. He was dunking trying to, and cut his hand on the rim pretty bad. So he had five stitches in his hand there. So he's also somebody who may not be able to play, which would provide other people opportunities to kind of step in for some additional minutes. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of watching Matkovic and uh, Daniels, their status as the day goes on. All right, we'll see here as well. Um, would you say, it is, is it sort of like what we see all the way here from New Orleans, that it's basically Kyrie watch or Lakers watch over here <laughs> when you walk oh around gosh. the building over there? How much so, Kyrie talk is happening? Usually, like, Summer League is kind of like the final, the end of the last season, right? Like, right. in terms of, when people get to take a break because the season ends, the draft happens. So you're still working out people talking, you know, doing stuff. And then, you know, you go to summer league and then you get the break until the season actually starts. So everybody here, you know, they have their plans. They're going overseas. They're doing whatever. And if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving don't get their deals done before summer league is over, all of these national writers and reporters are going to be highly peeped because they're missing their vacation for the year. Um, but yeah, every like walking around, you know, here at the hotel, I've seen Woj so many times and he just kind of, and, and it's funny because you comment, you're like, well, does he look agitated is it because he's working on something? <laughs> he, he has been chilling. Like he does not look like anything is about to pop off. Mm. So we might be waiting on this for a little while, which means, I mean, it's, it's going to put a hold on a lot of things because yeah. the domino effect of where Kevin Durant goes and then where Kyrie goes is going to affect a lot of other teams and their abilities to pay or sign or, or do what they need to do with some of their, their players or free agents as well. And Aaron, it is of note. And that's why we talk about it every day and we follow it because it, it is, you know, something that the Pels would have to deal with if Kyrie Irving, which the belief is right now, winds up with the Lakers. That makes that team substantially better. I mean, I, I we can say what we want about him. Is he going to show up? Is he not? I mean, if AD's healthy, Kyrie Irving and LeBron, that's a different Laker team. I mean, it just is. And if, you know, the talk of KD and Steph Curry open to a reunion there, if he goes to Golden State, that's something the Pelicans would have to deal with as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you look at this to see where they can go I would rather them stay in the East, but yeah, I would have mm-hmm. to imagine, Aaron, that everywhere you go, these two guys are the topic of conversation every day. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that everybody is is talking about and has to be aware of for different reasons, whether you are in the hunt for the trade, which means that's going to affect your current roster, what right. you need to figure out as far as who you can give up, where you're going to find your money from, or as you mentioned, they might be a potential opponent for you coming up. So how does that affect the way that you scout for next season and what you're getting ready for? Um, I think everything got taken off the table last week at Zion's press conference when David Griffin said that Brandon Ingram was not on the trading block. He was not somebody that they were willing to give up. So I think we're safe as far as the trade and that possibility of anything happening with our team, but it does affect us as it does everybody here. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge topic of conversation and something that everybody really is just is waiting on. Aaron, appreciate the time. 5 o'clock today, Pelicans take on the Hawks. Coming up on Wednesday, it's the Wizards. And Friday, 
It's the Lakers, and even though it's Pelican Summer League, we're going to blow that up and make that way out of proportion. So look forward to talking with you the rest of the week. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, for sure. At Aaron E. Summers is the way to give a follow, and of course, at Pelicans NBA. Go check out the Twitter page there, pelicans.com as well. All kinds of action between her and Jim Eichenhofer. When we come back, we'll check in with the graduate Jordan Go over a couple of questions of the day here as well. Some pertain to the NFL's list season. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. If you want your car or truck to get the best treatment there is, there's only one place to go on the bayou, and that's Raceland Auto Center. Your vehicle is one of your most trusted and valued assets. When it starts to give you trouble, you want to take it to a place you can trust. At Raceland Auto Center, there are no appointments necessary, honest, reliable mechanics, and faster service. They'll also give you the small-town prices that the dealerships can't. Raceland Auto Center, 3913 Highway 308, where repeat customers become family. Home Health Services in South LaBouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Clebear, we will be talking about Saints training camp opening in two days. The veterans will be reporting tomorrow in two weeks. Um, right around the corner, man. It's crazy, which means we only have two more weeks of lists and list season. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well, Gus, and yourself? I'm doing good. Um, List season, man. It's funny, right? Somebody comes up with a list. People get upset. <laughs> and then we discuss it for three hours. That's what we do. But a couple of questions of the day we threw out there today. What we got today over at ESPN Radio NOLA. Yeah, so it's quite simple. I think we kind of already talked about it off the air, but we're going to talk about it right now. The top 10 NFL quarterbacks rankings. ESPN put out an article earlier this morning, and this is according to league executive coaches, scouts, and players on GetUp. 
Aaron Rodgers is at one. Patrick Mahomes is two. Josh Allen, three. Tom Brady, four. Joe Burrow, five. Matthew Stafford, six. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, seven. Russell Wilson, eight. Just Sean Watson, nine. Dak Prescott, ten. So question quite simply stated, do you agree with this list? You could comment at ESPN Radio (laughs) NOLA over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. And there are honorable mentions, guys that did not make the top ten. Now, they they didn't rank them all the way through 32, Jordan, because I asked him, like, where is Jameis? This is just the top ten quarterbacks and then honorable mention. When you look at the honorable mentions, the guy that's getting the most fervor right now, and people are going back and forth, is Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that here in a quick sec. Derek Carr of the Raiders, and also Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. Those are your three quarterbacks. Roy was already telling me the 5-12 and 12, uh, tour starts in two weeks. Tua Welcome. Tagovailoa is not, not even an honorable mention. So, Roy, relax. Anyway... <laughs> Jordan, Lamar Jackson is the main topic right now today that everyone is just going bananas over and talking. Dan Orlovsky literally had a coronary on the air. You had everybody kind of going out there and saying those things. When I see that top ten, and then Lamar is honorable mention, essentially Jeremy Fowler came on this morning and said he's 11, so he's just outside of that. I think the the point of contention for people is who's at nine, Deshaun Watson. He hadn't played. He didn't play last year. Lamar Jackson was in the top 10. So essentially, the Sean Watson, boop, bumps. Lamar Jackson at the top 10. Didn't play last year. Very likely to not play most, if not all, of this season. Yet, in the overall quarterback rankings, he's in there. The other main argument is Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Like a league MVP. Joe Burrow doesn't. Justin Herbert doesn't. Matthew Stafford doesn't. Deshaun Watson doesn't. Dak Prescott doesn't. Like, like Matt Ryan has one. Well, okay, well, that's what I was going to get into, right? Uh, so let me ask you, how much should his MVP at least garner top not much. 10? No, you're saying not much. So the fact that this Matt man Ryan has, has one. Matt Ryan has one and Cam Newton has one. Where's Cam Newton at right now? I mean, those are very good, valid arguments. Matt Ryan's <laughs> not in the top. If, so, if, so if, if Matt Ryan, I think yeah. we should consider Matt Ryan being in the top ten if we're going off of league MVPs. Okay. All right. Um. So you're so you're you're, you're essentially saying that that's nice. Congratulations. I mean, it's dust, great accomplishment. Yep, dust it off on the mantle. But we're talking about top ten right now in the league. And are you putting him in the top ten? Are you putting him above Deshaun Watson right now? Uh, I think. Deshaun Watson shouldn't be in there right now. I think it should either be Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson. I think Dak Prescott to move up to nine and those other two quarterbacks that I just mentioned should be ten. Are you taking Lamar or Dak Prescott? I'm taking Dak Prescott. That's why I said I'm moving Dak Prescott up to nine and then putting Lamar or Derek Carr at ten. Lamar or Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, huh? Over Lamar? I mean, I, I agree with this list wholeheartedly besides the, the strong yeah. lots. Um, you okay with Justin Herbert being below Joe Burrow? 
I mean, the guy in his, you know, <laughs> oh, basically on. second. I mean, first. I mean, basically his first year was injured. The first year yeah, of his no, career, okay. I hear basically you. brought his team to a Super Bowl sing- single handedly with I, a thank you, you know, depleted O line. So, look, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I think the fact that people just, uh, you know, look at Justin with his. With his arm and those things, I'm like, dude. I mean, do you do realize what Joe Burrow did last year? I mean, like, it's, I mean, that's unheard of. No, it's it's. And again, if their guy blocks at all, you have he, you he, have Jamar Chase. He probably throws a down game, the sidelines yes. for the game when he touches. And then where are you thinking of Joe now, right? Um, Tua. I mean, Roy. Roy's drinking again. Jordan. Tua will be a top five quarterback. No one believes Tua is a top five quarterback. No one. I mean, so you're telling me who is he taking out? Rogers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, or Burrow? I wouldn't put him anyway. Which we're, where would you put Winston? Hear me out. 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 20 to 25, 25 to 32. Where are you putting Jameis? Since this is projecting. I mean, this is what Fowler said earlier. They're projecting Watson with the running game. With the receivers he has, with the coaching and the defense. So there was only three honorable mentions, correct? That's it. Those are the three honorable mentions. Hey, I put him. I I put him ten to fifteen. Then I would put him. I would put him. I think comfortably fifteen to twenty. Comfortably, right? Because I mean, again, well, I'm it, yeah. Because like, let's say those three guys are honorable mention. Lamar Jackson would be eleven. I'm just I'm just saying, right? Derek Carr. You taking Carr, Jameis Winston right now? Because I almost think they can be the same player. Or am I wrong? Right now, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Derek Carr right now just because you of are? what I, you know, he's, 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 I still think Jameis Winston's going to have a great season this year. And I think what he did last year was amazing, but Derek Carr showed me more throughout his, you know, career. Okay. Um, Kyler Murray or Jameis Winston? Because Murray was in the third. Jameis Winston. You're James ta- Winston. You are not sold on Kyler Murray, are you? I am not. I, I am not a big fan of Kyler Murray. Okay. All I'm right. just not buying him. No, I, look, I'm not. I think he should have stuck with baseball. He should have stuck with baseball. Um, so that's why, I, like I said, I'm, I'm comfortably putting him 15 to 20, right? Um, with, with a chance to be 10 to 15. I, I think would be the case, right? Like when I think of top 10 quarterbacks, and I think this is part of the reason why there's some people that agree with this list and Lamar not being on there because it's a passing league. At some point in time, you're going to have to throw the football and that's kind of not his strength. And again, though, that's not a bad thing from this perspective because when I look at just quarterback, I didn't say best passer. When you look at guy that can create and, and put fear into a defense is Lamar not one of the top 10 players at that position that is capable of taking over a game and doing that because I think that's kind of the thing right yeah I mean he he definitely reminds you I mean I, I saw someone earlier this week or he's like if Lamar Jackson has the ability to you know take over a game or he is well like you said yeah right you actually sent it to me i had a brain fart there right he said he is the system right i don't know if he's i don't know if he is the system the definition of the system because i think right now that's patrick mahomes mm-hmm. but lamar jackson definitely has that capability to make that leap if he can well, you know make make those throws on the run one of the things i find interesting is 
that couple of fill-ins for um, Martin Hahn a little bit ago, and, and I'm sorry, I don't remember their names, but one of the the, the NFL analysts that was on with the host uh, kept saying, what do you make of the fact that Baltimore hasn't paid Lamar Jackson? I mean, can you also see... I mean, in, other, in other words, what I'm saying, I guess what he's Lamar saying Jackson is, himself, though, too? Well, well, but again, if you thought that you were, you had a top 10 player and quarterback, because the reasoning behind it is what I've told you about him and why I would pause is because he runs so effectively, yet runs so much that yes, he can get injured. And then callers called nationally this morning and they're like, but you can say that about anybody. Drew Brees doesn't run. Got his ribs broken and things. I I understand yeah, that, but he was healthy throughout ninety five percent. That's of his what I was going to say. Look, his style of play leads to a greater chance of injury, and in that offense and the way Baltimore uses him, it's what I told you. I fear would happen and did in a postseason game a couple of years ago. Right? He got hurt. Now what? And and that's the thing is if he's constantly running, could that be something into it? But you know, again, it's, it, there's people back and forth. So we fared with Taysom Hill yeah. a year ago. So Very true. All right, quick break. We come back. Hour number two. Rafael Esparza will join us at 115 here as well. Uh, Jordan, when we come back, your opinion on Summer League play. Did you watch Saturday? You're watching today at 5. Is there anybody you are interested in, or do you just constantly refresh tweet deck to see if there's any news on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Okay, import footage. How is the hard drive already full? Juwan's Pilates studio converted to entirely virtual classes. But leading and editing sessions is stretching her too thin. It says render failed. What do I what do I do? Indeed can help.